Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Hi, everyone. It's me, Lindsay Pinchuk, host of Dear Founder. So November is here, and by far, it is my favorite month of the year. Those of you who know me know that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I love going back to Michigan to be with my family and friends and later this month, it's my birthday. But more than anything, November serves as a reminder for all that I'm thankful for in the world. And all of you rank right up there at the top of the list. Never in my wildest dreams did I expect Dear Founder to take off the way that it did when I started planning it a year ago. And truly, it's because of all of you that it has, and we continue to grow leaps and bounds with every episode. So thank you. I want to express my gratitude and thanks for making the first year of Dear Founder so amazing. So now through November 24th, you can get free access to your choice of one of my digital products to learn my best and favorite tips and tricks for building and monetizing your community. Or if you don't need any resources or tools, you can treat yourself to a coffee at Starbucks on me. To redeem your free gift, simply rate or review Dear Founder on Apple Podcast and submit a screenshot at lindsaypinchuk.com forward slash thank you by November 24th. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-P-I-N-C-H-U-K.com forward slash thank you by November 24th. I'll also link the link in the show notes below for extra ease. This isn't a raffle. Anyone who submits the form by November 24th will get their choice of a free gift. I cannot thank you enough for listening and for supporting our show. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. On to today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I decided to make today a solo episode as I've been giving a larger version of this discussion and this topic and this conversation as a keynote to corporations across the country. And tomorrow, I'll be giving it to a $25 million nonprofit and their 60 plus nationwide chapters. The feedback I've been receiving, not only about the talk, but about the difference that those who have heard it and applied the knowledge are seeing in their own social media practice really led me to want to share these steps here. You know, I want to take you guys back. When I started my first company, it was 2010. Social media was virtually non-existent, but as my company grew, so did social media and the landscape. The number of platforms, the significance that it was playing in our society, and of course, how it impacted business. Well, my business was an events-based business. I grew it alongside the boom of social media, virtually adapting to and growing with the ever-changing platforms over the next dozen years. 
And while the social media landscape is far different today than it was 12 years ago, there are still basic principles that when applied together, allow for greater social media success from both a personal and professional standpoint. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into my seven steps for social media success, I want to set the stage as to why this is so important. So in 2010, like I said, I had a $500 investment. I was pregnant and I founded my first company. And some of you know the story and I'm going to make it short, I promise. But over the next 10 years, I grew my company, which was Bump Club and Beyond, into the premier network for parents and parents-to-be. We were garnering a reach of $3 million per month, and our partners included brands like Target and Nordstrom, The Honest Company, Huggies, Ulta, Microsoft, 7th Generation, and many, many more. We were driving seven figures of revenue year over year. And at the time in 2010, there really was no social media. Um, Facebook and LinkedIn existed, but you know, business pages on Facebook weren't a thing. And instead of posting like I did for so many years after and like I do now, I show I simply in 2010, I showed up at my company's events. I showed up on our website through our emails and through interviews, really sharing my life as an expectant mom. I shared the good, the bad, the ugly. And in turn, the people who were listening and coming to my events shared with me. They were emailing me. They were asking for advice. They were following me on my personal Facebook they were tweeting with me. You know, what started as 250 people events really grew into 200 person events per month. And then after my daughter was born, we added events for moms too. And it was at this time really that social media started to grow. And with with that, so did my company. Instead of showing just showing up at our events, I started to share online too. You know, it wasn't just sharing on our website or our blog. Um you know, I was sharing anywhere and everywhere I could. And it was just a really natural share. It wasn't contrived. I wasn't planning it out. I didn't even have a strategy. And from Chicago, we, you know, to 25 markets across the country, my com- my community and company grew. And essentially, so did my authority and trust and presence in the space. Social media really allowed for a national platform to take me outside of the walls of Chicago And ultimately, this led to hundreds of TV segments, podcast interviews, and really some of the biggest publications calling upon me for my expertise. And I want to take it back. You know, that happened because social media allowed me this natural, national platform. And at the time, you know, it wasn't bombarded with advertisements. At the time, it was a lot easier to get the reach, um, you know, on the platforms. So people were seeing what I was putting out there, you know, and ultimately the success was driven by me showing up and sharing. And then in 2019, you know, I was then the mom of two girls, which I am now, obviously, Um, I led the acquisition of my company to a large agency holding company. And I worked there for two and a half years before I exited the brand to do it all over again. And this time, you know, I, I am building a community for female founders to help them find their own success. And I'm able to take the principles that I utilized during the 12 years at Bump Club and Beyond and apply them to this current venture of mine. And the success that I have seen in a year is 
equivalent to probably about five to six years at Bump Club and beyond. And that's because I really looked at what worked and what didn't, not just on social media, but holistically in terms of building a community. And, you know, here I am, I'm using the same strategies and tactics. They're much more refined and I'm helping female founders to do the same. So, um, you know, I didn't realize at the time of starting Bump Club and beyond, but, you know, ultimately I was building a community and I built a really big community. You can accomplish this kind of success. Everyone can accomplish this kind of success, but you need to keep two key strategies in mind. And this really pertains to the social media aspect as well as the greater holistic approach. But you can do this by showing up as yourself every single day and by sharing, engaging, and connecting with your community. Those are really two important key strategies when you think about your social media and when you think about how you are growing and building your community. You know, I mentioned at the time I didn't realize necessarily what I was doing when I built my first company, but in looking back, one of the things that you can see is that my community came first and the monetization came later. So through the trust and authority and connection that I created both at my events and then later through social media, my audience became a community who eventually turned into my paying customers. And you have to remember, and I say this all the time, that people want to buy from people. And showing up every day to serve and connect and engage with your community, you build this natural bridge for transaction over time. So this is what you can expect from today's podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about community, but really and truly, um, it is about the seven tips for social media success. So what can you expect? We're going to talk about what is community and why it is important. I'm going to give you a top line explanation. I'm going to give you seven tips for social media success. I'm going to tell you how to know if it's working. And then I'm going to wrap up with what happens when you build your social media community um, over time. So that's really what you can expect from today's conversation. So building a community is free. And I don't know a single founder out there or a single business owner out there who doesn't want to save money on marketing. Yes, it takes time, but if you go back to the basics and create and invest in your community through time, I promise this will pay you back in dividends for years. So what's the difference between an audience and a community? And I think this is really important, especially as it relates to social media. An audience is a group who sits back and consumes. When you think about an audience, you know, it's you're watching a movie, you're watching a TV show, um, you know, you're watching stand-up comedy. You're not necessarily impacting with who it is that you're watching. But a community is a group that shows up and engages. It's a two-way street. You have a back and forth. You have conversations. There is an interaction. And that's key. Because when you have an engaged community, there are so many ways that you can utilize this community to your advantage. And for a business, this is so incredibly important. You can ask them for their opinions and feedback. When I started Bump Club and Beyond, I sent out a survey after every single event that we hosted. And I asked about every aspect of their customer experience with us. How was the food? How was check-in? 
How is parking? And we made changes and decisions in the future based on that feedback. So it was invaluable that I had this community who trusted us so much and who didn't mind taking the time to fill out a survey to better their experience with our company. You can also create a brand ambassador program. Um, You know, that's where you take a group of really good customers, like your top customers, and you build a program asking them to share about your business in exchange for free product or for potentially free services. You can ask your community when they're engaged to share. If you have a new product, if you have a sale going on, or even if you just want to boost, ask them to share about it. They will. You can also ask for testimonials. And those testimonials are gold, especially when you're creating marketing materials, both virtually and um, physically, to get new customers. You can also offer a discount in exchange for something to your community. So I have a whole podcast on utilizing your community that you can go back and we dive a little bit deeper into each one of these. But it's important that you see and you understand that your community is an asset that you can utilize for business growth. And ultimately, your community is your greatest asset. It is your business's number one asset. And you build it through your greatest tool, which is your content. So it's important to understand what content is. Because a lot of people assume that content is your social media, which yes, social media is part of your content, but it's not your only content. Content is actually everything that people see about you and your brand. It's everything that you put out into the world. It's publicity. It's podcasts. It's um, materials, events. It's interviews that you give. It's it's really every single thing that you put out there and social media is a part of it. It's your email marketing, it's your partnerships, every single thing that is going out into the world about you and your brand is considered content. So what we're going to focus on today is really how to use social media and how to use your content and how to morph your content in a way that will resonate with your community. So we're going to really focus on the social media piece of your content. I have many other podcast episodes and many other talks where I dive into the greater holistic approach of content creation, but today we're going to focus on social media. So let's talk about social media for a second. Social media is obviously your Instagram, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your TikTok, Snapchat, you know, all of the, your Twitter, all of those, those platforms that are out there. And I think it's really important to point out that you do not have to be on every one of them. I think there's a lot of pressure to make that determination and, and be on every single social media platform. But you have to remember, especially if you're only one person, that you're one person and you don't want to be creating content all day long, every day for eight different social media platforms. Now, there are many ways for you to repurpose content. And that, again, is another discussion, another conversation that I have with you. Um, And today we're not going to necessarily focus on that. But when I tell my clients, when they're asking me about all of the social media platforms, what I tell them is really to pick two. Why do I say pick two? A couple of reasons. One, you 
it, when you are posting in two different platforms, it allows you to see the differences. It allows you to reach different people, but it also allows you to repurp- to get practice in repurposing your content. If you are sharing on Instagram and you share a post, you can repurpose that for LinkedIn. You can repurpose that for Facebook. You can tweet it. So eventually you might build up to sharing on multiple platforms, but in the beginning, or if you're overwhelmed, or if you're solo, two is a really good place to start. Social media is also a place for you to be social. And I want to point that out because I think a lot of people forget that. It is so important that when you show up on social media, that you show up and you engage and interact with the people who are engaging and interacting with you and your pages. So many of my clients, when I start working with them, I go into their social media and they simply are sharing about their product. You need to be showing up and sharing things that your community and your target consumer want to hear. You want to share things that are important to them. You want to let them know how you can solve a problem for them. You want to let them know they're seen and that it's not just about selling a product. You also want to make sure that you respond to all your comments, your DMs, even if it's just a simple like or an emoji. When you are being social on social media, the platform takes note, your engagement goes up, and ultimately more people see what it is that you're posting. Social media allows you to share personal stories. It allows you to really build that connection. You can share about your location on social media. So if you have a brick and mortar or even if you are just a part of a physical community, share about that on social media. Show your location, show your community, show what it is that you do every single day. You can engage with your customers on social media. Ask them in emails to follow you. Ask them at events, at classes to follow along on social media, to post about their experiences with you. Ask them to tag you and when they do, Make sure that you reshare. Social media also provides an opportunity for you to include your staff and your team in whatever it is that you're doing. You, you know, this is a place for you to really show who is behind your brand, company, product, service. And if there are other people helping you out and working with you, social media is a place to introduce them. When I was at Bump Club and Beyond, I had a whole team and We were constantly sharing about our staff and about our team and about their lives as parents. And it really created a holistic approach for showcasing who was behind the brand and that it wasn't just me. And then in social media, you know, you have to ask yourself, does every post have a purpose and a call to action? Those are two really important things and we're going to talk a little bit more about them as we move into the conversation. But You do not want to be posting just to post. You need to have a purpose. You need to make sure that what it is that you're putting out into the world serves the community that is following you. And you need to ask yourself that when you're creating the content that you're sharing. You also want to make sure every single post has a call to action. That can be something as simple as double tap this if you agree, like this, share this, whatever it might be. But you want to make sure that you are asking people to do something. And the more you ask, the more they will get into the habit of actually doing and helping you along. And when they do do things like like and comment and share, 
that again boosts your engagement and it, and it helps you in the algorithm of social media. And then I want you to remember that when you're posting on social media, it doesn't have to be perfect. Messy perfection is just fine. You don't need to retake the reel a million times. You don't need to worry about that. It's okay if you make mistakes. It's funny. I interviewed Dr. Becky from Good Inside a couple of weeks ago, and she shared with me, and she has 1.4 million followers. She shared with me, it just doesn't matter if you have a typo or an error. It makes you authentic, and I couldn't agree with her more. So I want to share a little bit about the different platforms and kind of what you can use them for. And then we're going to get into the seven simple steps that you can use to, you know, really take your social media to the next level. So when you think about Facebook, let's talk about Facebook first. Facebook is a great place to share links. It's a great place to share your content, any interviews or podcasts or any TV or press. It's a great place to share thought leadership or share news in your industry, important information, you know, from other sources that might be relevant to your business and to your expertise. It's a really great place to share. I would say that my Facebook gets more link taps for sure than my Instagram. And it's important that you take take a minute and share things that are not just your own. It helps to build your credibility. It helps to show that you're in tune with what's going on in your industry. A few great places to find information to share. Um, I create Google alerts on subjects that are important to me and my expertise and relevant to my business. And I usually get, you know, articles there that I can share from. I also follow a lot of, um, uh, I I follow a lot of different profiles in my niche on entrepreneurship, on female founders, business owners, and oftentimes I share from there. There's also a website called Cura, which is Q-U-O-R-A.com. It's really hard to explain, but you can go in and type in a subject and it can tell you, and it will tell you what is being talked about at the moment and it can help you find articles. So those are some great places to find things to share on Facebook. On Instagram, Instagram is a place for visual content. Um, You want to try to engage on Instagram at least once a day. I tell my clients that their Instagram profile is their business card. And think about it. When you find a new business, when you are introduced to a person, I would say you probably check out their Instagram more so than their Facebook at this point in time. And especially if you are of a younger generation, I'm 43. A lot of people who are younger than me, I think would absolutely say the thing, the same. Um, I do think that people who are a little bit older than me, and even up to like my mom's age, would go to Facebook first. But I do think that Instagram needs to be looked at as a business card. You want to make it easy. You want to keep five to 10 evergreen posts in your schedule. So if you're a business and you use a scheduler like I use later, I always have five to 10 evergreen posts, which those are posts that can be shared at any time. They're not timely. They're just relevant to me and my business. So that that way I have something to post and I am showing up every single day. You want to share and tag other accounts whenever you can. Follow people that resonate with you, that think like you. One of my favorite features of Instagram is the save feature. And that's the little like flag that's on the right-hand side underneath posts. When I see a post that I love or that I might want to share later or I might want to reference again, I hit the save because 
That way I, I don't have to worry about taking a screenshot and finding it in my photo roll or not doing anything and wondering, oh God, who was it who said that? Use the save feature. And again, like I said pre- previously, every single post gets a call to action. LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn, you can use similar content to your Facebook page here. The algorithm is much more user-friendly. When people interact with you and you tag people, LinkedIn shows it to more people. So um, it's it's a little bit more how Facebook used to perform. Um, but it's really important that you are sh- that you are showing up and being social on LinkedIn if you can. Um, when you do, you want to comment on other people's posts. You want to like and share other people's content. DM people who you want to connect with. And you want to make sure that you're constantly adding to your network. So you don't necessarily have to always be posting, but I do go in and oftentimes I'll search like female founder, or entrepreneur, and I'll connect with people. You can connect with people far differently in on LinkedIn than you can on Facebook. I personally do not like when people who I don't know friend me on Facebook. Um, you know, I share things on Facebook that are pri- not private because nothing on social media is private, but about my family. And I only share it to people who I'm connections with and, and whatnot. But on LinkedIn, it's far more casual. It's about networking. And you absolutely can reach out and either connect with or follow many more people who, you, you know, you don't even know or have a relationship with. Um, you know, TikTok is an, a platform that's on the rise. I am still trying to figure it out. I do think that it is a younger demographic. That's kind of a given. I I do think it's growing for people who are in their 30s and 40s. Um, but my content that I put out on LinkedIn is, or sorry, on TikTok is a little bit different in terms of it's reaching a different person. You know, I am not necessarily reaching as many fully established entrepreneurs as I am on LinkedIn or on Instagram on TikTok. So I really am conscious about what I put on TikTok and how it would resonate with the potential audience um, that is consuming the TikTok content. Twitter, I'm not going to get into right now because I kind of think it's like a dumpster fire and I don't know what what's going to happen with it. Snapchat is another one who... Honestly, if I am not an expert in Snapchat, the only reason I'm on it is because my 12-year-old is on it and I do it to monitor her. That's a whole other conversation. Um, But what I can tell you about Snapchat and what I do see with her and her friends and their consumption is if you are looking to reach younger, a younger community, um, you know, school-age kids or even college-age kids, kids in their 20s or sorry, adults in their 20s, Um, they're on Snapchat. They're on Snapchat. They're communicating on Snapchat. They're making plans on Snapchat. They often use it like text messaging. So I would absolutely look into how it is that you can get in front of your community there if you are looking to reach people of that demographic. So now that we've talked about an overview kind of of what the platforms are used for, which I think it's important to share those things, even if you know them already. I, I think it's important to have that refresher and really to take a step back and to look at how it is that you're using each platform and are you using it in the right way? That goes back to my purpose post, right? Like you're not going to necessarily share the same thing on Facebook as you are on Instagram. You might share things a little bit differently, I do think if you have the ability to automate an Instagram post post on Facebook, it's better than not posting at all. Um, But I do think it's important to take inventory and take note of how you are using the platforms and how they're working for you. 
But for now, I want to get into the seven simple strategies for social media success. That's why you're here today. And these are these are the principles that I have built both of my businesses upon. It's what I go back to each and every day. And I think you're going to be blown away by really how simple they are. When used together, you can't really pick and choose. But when you use these principles together on social media, you will see an impact to your social media footprint. Okay, so number one, plan ahead. It is really critical for your business that you plan ahead for social media, that you schedule time for social media creation and scheduling. I put a appointment on my calendar. It's usually on Mondays, sometimes on Sunday night. And I make it a point to sit down during that one or two hours and knock out as much evergreen content as I can to put into my later, which is my social media planning tool. There's actually, we have a discount for later. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Um, It's an affiliate link, but um, it is my favorite tool. And I don't know how I would utilize my business or move my business forward without it. Um, But you have to schedule time for social media creation. Um, I realize that it might be daunting or feel daunting to create a whole social media strategy and that's okay. But I do think it's important that you sit down and you look at what your business is doing and you plan social media to complement what it is that you're doing each and every week. I like to plan out about seven to 10 days of content and I will tell you there are times that I put something on the calendar and something timely happens and I move that back or I'll move it to later in the month. You know, it is really important that you sit down and you plan ahead and you schedule this content so that there are there is content going out on your social media platforms all the time. You need to be consistent and we're going to talk about that too. But um, when you plan ahead and you make an appointment with yourself to schedule the time, you will see better results because you will see more consistency. You don't want to compromise this time. You want to make it part of your routine. Number two, streamline your topics. Now, I just said you don't have to create a whole strategy for social media. If you can, that's great. And again, that's a whole other conversation that I can have with you on another um, on another day. But what I want to say about this is important. You want to stick to four to six what I call content buckets, and you want to be filling them with your content. So what does that mean? A content bucket is a theme And it's something that you will continuously post about and share on social media. If you look at Lindsay Pinchuk, at Lindsay Pinchuk on Instagram, you will see, if you look really carefully and you pay attention, you will see and notice my content buckets. They are my family and friends, my podcast, my offer, what it is that I sell and how I can help support your business, tips and tricks about building and monetizing community. You know, those are some of my buckets that I post about on a regular basis. And I make sure that when I am creating and planning my content, that I am filling these buckets because that is what you come to me for. You come to me for this information. And so I want to make sure that I am constantly filling those buckets and sharing them so that you will continuously come back to my page and engage with me. You choose your content buckets based on one, what it is that you want to share with your community, but what your community wants to hear from you. So it's important that, you know, I, I always said, like, I can never believe that that 
the my most interacted posts are my posts about me and my family. And that's why I share them because you tell me through your likes, through your comments that you want to see more of my life as a mom. And so I share that. So you want to share what resonates with your community. And that's how you choose your four to six themes that you constantly share. And I think it's important to point this out and to to share this notion about streamlining topics because this allows you to have purpose with the content that you are sharing. It also creates consistency and it makes it so every week when you sit down to plan your content, you can sit down and say, okay, am I filling each of my buckets? And you're being consistent about what it is that you're sharing. It also creates an expectancy amongst your community. So your community will expect certain things from you and they'll expect you to share about certain topics. It also creates a continuous conversation with your community. You can reference back to various posts. You can talk about topics you've previously shared. I have shared that notion a few times in this conversation alone. I've said I have another podcast about that or that's another conversation. And those of you who follow me, you know that those are topics that I talk about on a regular basis. So like I said, number one, plan ahead. Number two, streamline your topics. Number three, repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. This is the golden rule and this is going to be what makes it so that you are not a content creation machine, which you're not. You have a business, you have a bottom line, you need to be boosting that. You do not need to be creating new content over and over and over again. It's really important when you create a piece of content that you think about how you can repurpose it. How can you share it on other platforms? What changes do you need to make in order to do so effectively? If you see a piece of content that does really well, schedule that piece of content in the future. No one will know. No one will remember. What do I mean by this? This is a really good example. If you share a quote, like a quote tile on your Instagram, and it does really well with your followers and your community, and they really engage and interact with it, and you share it in March on a Monday at 5 p.m., take that asset, that tile, change the colors on it, maybe change the font, and schedule it in November on a Thursday at 8 a.m. No one will remember that you shared that piece of content already, and you will start building up a bank of content that is scheduled in your later or your planally or whatever it is that you use to schedule. And then later on, when when I don't mean later like the like the planner, but later on in time, you end up having content that you know will work, that is scheduled, and you can simply repurpose it and push it out again. I'm telling you, no one will remember, no one will care. It is really important that you get into the habit of doing this. It saves you time. And it also creates that continuous conversation. I just took a piece of content that I posted about a year ago. And it was it was called, I think, Five Ideas for Easy Collaboration or something. And I changed the graphics. And I changed it around a little bit. But the backbone of the content was pretty similar. And I changed it to read Five Easy Ideas for Partnerships. And I put it up again, and it's performing just as well. 
So it's okay to repeat and reuse. Please do not forget that. Number four, you want to borrow content. It's never a bad idea to share someone else's content. You can share the content of people you follow in your industry, of your customers. You can share the content of news outlets that might share something that's relevant to your community. Whatever it is that you do, when you share it, you want to make sure that you tag the person who created the content or wherever you found it. And if it's not public content, you need to ask before you share it. But borrowed content should represent 10 to 15% at least of the content that you share. It's okay if you see a piece of content and you create it on your own branding as long as you attribute the source when it is that you share the content. When I say attribute the source, you want to tag the person who created it and you want to make mention of it in your caption that you you found that content from X, Y, and Z source. But borrowing content is a great way to grow your community. Oftentimes when people borrow my content and tag me, I'll reshare their post as a thank you. And then it draws awareness to them as well. So this goes back to being social. Borrowing content is a really great way to be social within the ethos and the the ecosystem of social media. Number five. We talked a little bit about this and we're going to talk about this more. Be social. There is a reason it is called social media. It is called social media because an interaction and engagement is expected. So a couple of ideas for ways that you can engage. You want to like and comment on five to ten other accounts daily. When you are liking and commenting on other people's social media They will see it in their notifications. When you comment, other people see your comments. If you have a really good comment and people start liking your content, you might end up seeing some followers. I made a comment on a Today Show post the other day that got dozens of likes and I got some followers from that. Again, it's part of being social. That was not contrived. It was a comment that I shared because it felt right and I felt strongly about it. And in in turn, it connected me with some people who were the right people for my community. You want to like and respond to comments that are left for you. If someone takes the time to comment, make sure you like and comment back. Um, You know, there's no there's no worse thing than saying something to someone. Think about it in in a non-social media environment. When you say something to someone, you expect a response in return, right? You also want to DM people and ask them questions, which that's okay. I do not like when questions are contrived, but if you have a legitimate question for someone, DM them and ask them. Strike up a conversation. And on the converse, respond to the DMs that people are leaving you in your profile. Don't let a DM go unanswered. It's really important that you DM them back and that you engage. You can ask them questions as well. And then lastly, in terms of being social, one of my favorite little tools, and I don't use it often and I only use it in certain circumstances, but leave a voice message for people. Sometimes if I see something that I really like or someone has done something and I want to congratulate them, I click that little microphone in the DM and I leave them a quick voice message. It's a lot easier than typing. If I'm walking, it's easy to do. And honestly, that communication and Hearing your voice and the infliction and the emotion goes a lot further than just making a comment. 
So number six, my number six step is to be consistent. You want to, like I said, choose two platforms that work for you. You want to select a cadence that works for you. What does that mean? If you want to post every day, great. Post every day. But don't post every day for three weeks and then stop. There's nothing worse than that. If every day doesn't work for you, start with every other day and then build up to every day. Or start with three times a week and then build up to four, five. Maybe it's every weekday and you take a break on the weekends. But pick a cadence that's consistent so that your community expects to hear from you. When you do this and you are consistent, your community knows what and when to expect you to show up on social media. Don't ghost them. And then my seventh tip is what I said earlier in the conversation. Every single post that you put out there needs a purpose, a call to action, and ultimately this creates authenticity and trust, which leads to more authority in your space. Now, you don't want to post just to post. There's nothing worse than that. There has to be a purpose. So let me give you an example. When I think of my content bucket of family and friends, my purpose in sharing that content is to let you a little bit behind the scenes of my life. It's to build connection. It's to share the person that's behind the brand and not always be always, you know, talking about business. It's about letting you into my life in a different way. That's the purpose. But whenever I post about my family, for the most part, I would say 90% of the time when I post about my family or if I share a feed post about my friends, I do include a caption that is relevant to business. You know, I might talk about raising strong girls or I might talk about, you know, how it's important to have a good network of women surrounding you. Like there are themes that I talk about to connect with my community and also share personal stories. And a call to action for something so simple as a a post about, you know, my friends and being surrounded by, um, you know, women that I love and support is a great call to action example would be something like tag someone who's important in your life below. Let them know that you care. There's a lot of different ways that you can have a call to action. It can be a double tap. It can be a tag someone. It can be a share this to your stories because other people need to hear this. Think about the ways that you can engage with your community and get them to act on your content. And like I said, when you do this and you have a constant purpose and call to action, it will build your authority within the space. So I went through my seven tips. I'm going to recap them really quickly. The seven super simple strategies for social media success when worked together are to plan ahead, streamline your topics, repurpose, 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 borrow content, (coughs) be social, be consistent, and consider that every post needs a purpose, a call to action to generate authority. Now, how do you know that it's working? And that's a question that I get often. How do you know that what you're doing is working? Well, you have access to to insights right inside your social media platforms. You have them on Facebook. You have them on LinkedIn. You have them on Instagram. And you need to make sure that you familiarize yourself with them. You look at them. 
Instagram is so easy. On your post, there's a lit on every single post, there's a little link right underneath that says view insights. Check out your insights. And that's if you have a creator or a business account, not a personal account. Click on that. See what you can see how many people liked the post, how many people shared the post, which you can't see that by just visually looking at an Instagram post. I shared something a couple of weeks ago. It was shared over a thousand times. A thousand times. That post got so much engagement and was reached. It reached so many people. And I didn't even know until someone told me that they saw someone random share my post. So it's really important that you look at your insights. So you can look at on Instagram underneath each post. You can also go up to the three bars in the top right hand corner, click on your insights and you can sort it by so many different. You can sort it so many different ways. You can sort it by reach. You can sort it by how many people followed you based on a post. You can sort it by engagement. You can also look at different timelines, a week, two weeks, three months, a year. Check your insights. You want to make sure that your reach and engagement numbers are continuously positive and that they're growing. Another thing that I want to say about this is do not focus on vanity metrics. Don't worry about how many people liked the post or how many people follow you. Vanity metrics are metrics that people can see. Don't worry about those. If your reach and engagement are in the positive and you can look on your insights summary page when you click insights, there are three there are three numbers at the top. It's your engagement, your reach, and your growth. If your engagement and your reach are constantly positive, you are doing something right. And if it's not, and if you're not reaching or engaging with people, you need to make a change because something's not working. The change could be as simple as the way you talk to your community. It can be getting rid of one of your content buckets and trying a different content bucket. So make a change and make sure that those numbers light up green. Once you really start working your community, you will see an almost immediate change. And I will say this. I am going tomorrow to speak to a nonprofit organization, a $25 million nonprofit organization. And I have been helping its founder and chief belief officers with their social media strategies. Now, from the week we started posting consistently, sharing content buckets from a strategy that I built, their insights were lighting up green. It was almost immediate. And so I, I really challenge you to make sure that you are doing all of these, taking all of these steps that I shared with you today, because when you do, you will have amplified reach and engagement. You will have more meaningful interactions. Your trust and authority in your community literally will skyrocket. People want to know what you have going on. Why should they follow you? Show them. Give them reason. And all of these things together will lead to community growth. It does not happen overnight. It will not happen in a month. But it will happen over time. It is a slow roll. And if you do these things and you do them properly, you will see the results, I can promise you. So I want to do a quick giveaway because I think today's conversation is filled with so many incredible tidbits and takeaways that you can apply right now. 
I would love for you to share a picture or a screenshot of today's episode on Instagram. You can put it in your stories. I want you to make mention of one thing that you learned from the episode today. One thing that you learned from our conversation. Tag at Lindsay Pinchuk and tag at Dear Founder. I'm going to reshare as many of them as I can. But so the date of this dropping is November 3rd. In one week's time on November 10th, I will pick one winner at random who shared and I will announce this winner and you will get an hour consult with me to go over your social media and to make sure that you are positioned for growth and success as we move into 2023. I can't wait to hear what you've learned and I can't wait to be a part of your social media conversation and I can't wait to share you on mine. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's solo episode. You know that I don't do these very often, but I think I might start doing them a little bit more. I hope that you learned a lot. I hope that you're walking away with some incredible takeaways that you can apply right now when you hit stop on your podcast app. Have a great rest of the week and please make sure you stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder every week on Tuesday and Thursday.